I want to talk to you tonight, start a new series. I want to talk to you tonight on the topic, and, and, and perhaps we'll, we'll define this topic over the next three weeks, on the topic on, of how spiritual are you? And perhaps the conversation will lead us into working out how to be spiritual and crucially, uh, how to evaluate fake spirituality. Because I think sometimes um, people can appear very spiritual, but behind, behind the picture, there's just a lot of hurt or anger or just unspiritual stuff. And sometimes you might look at someone and think, well, they seem ordinary to me, but behind that ordinary is a genuine, authentic connection to a supernatural God, and God is just busy building something in their lives. And so I'd like to, I'd like to take us down that conversation over the next few weeks, and my goal is to shift you as best I can into being more and more spiritual um, in a way that is more and more meaningful. So over the years, you realize that you can be sometimes very spiritual, but not always very meaningful. And in other words, your spirituality is just for you and not for others, um, and there is a way of overcoming that. So I thought I'd, I'd, I'd set you up with an example. Uh, this is Red Band, um, our coffee shop. Anybody ever had a coffee from Red Band? Anybody ever had a coffee from Red Band? You guys might not know this, but it's one of our social justice projects. And um, so what we do is for years now, we've been training people that don't have jobs and, and getting them trained as baristas to go make coffee. And we also train famous brands, Wimpy, uh, Steers, I don't know, Debonairs, Mug and Bean. We do all that. And, and now, um, like, don't, don't tell the morning service. I told you this. But now we're also training people to roast coffee and we're going to have our own red band coffee beans, which is a whole nother thing. We've been doing it for years. I think we've trained probably, I don't know, 300 baristas by now. And not only, by the way, in South Africa and other parts of Africa, and now it's going global. We were at this conference, Ryan was, and they now want it all over the world and even in Europe. I think it'll be very nice for Africa to go to Europe and show Europe how to make coffee. I think it will make me feel very good that day. To say, gather around, let us from Africa show you how do you, how do you make. But, but uh, the whole point of that wasn't to, I, just, I wanted to uh, use an example that's used in the Bible. So here's my uh, standard still water. I'm not going to turn it into wine, although that would, have been, that would have been the miracle to come for, right? Um, that would have been the miracle to come from. So supposing... Uh, because I'm going to read a verse that's a little hectic, but it, it is explained instantly in your seeing of a practical example. So my red band cup, and then like I drink so, some water. Tastes a bit like vodka. Is it, is it water? I'm joking. It's water. It's water. Um, now, if I were to put more water in here uh, and offer it to someone else to drink, there is an awkward hygiene moment. Do we share or not? I want you to bear that in mind for a moment. How many of you are like, oh, that's just gross. I'm not going to do that. How many of you are like, please don't offer it to me. I don't and no longer want to be part of this example. Anybody want to? 
be part of things. So with that in mind, I want to read to Timothy 2 to you. It says this, Nevertheless, a firm foundation of God, which he has laid, stands sure and unshakable despite attacks. Actually, can we just pause there for a moment and just say thank you to the Lord that what he does in your life stands despite attacks. So maybe some of you have had a rough week, and I want you to know your faith stands God stands, he stands with you, he stands next to you, he stands in you, he's able to make you stand in spite of or despite any shaking and any attacks. Can we have an amen on that? God stands. It goes on to say, bearing this seal, this, this guarantee, uh, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord stand apart from wickedness and withdraw from wrongdoing. And then this is the verse. Now, in a large house, there are only two uh, uh, vessels and objects of gold and silver, but also, not only, rather, objects of gold and silver, but also vessels or, and objects of wood and of earthware. Some are for noble, uh, uh, honorable, good use, and some for dishonorable, ignoble, common use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, which are dishonorable, disobedient, sinful, he will be a vessel for honor. Sanctified, set apart for a special purpose and useful to the master, prepared for every good work. So this is the fundamental principle on how you can start a journey of being spiritual, is to understand that my whole life until I gave it to Jesus was me using my soul to carry anything I wanted. And that when I offer my soul to God in surrender and I ask him to fill it again, that before he does that, it should be cleaned. It's just good hygiene. Can we say amen to that? So I want you to think of it in this way. The cleaning of the cup isn't what attracts God to taking it. He'll take it as it is. Whatever junk was in there, Maybe I'll pour some out, a little bit of spit there. Whatever junk is in there. Sorry, man, sorry, it's a bit gross. Whatever junk is in there. But before he pours, no longer the water of the world, but the wine of the Spirit in there, it's going to go through a clean. And when that cleaning process is uh, on its way, it feels a little uncomfortable. But the purging is for a purpose. The purpose is for the outpouring. And sometimes we pray, God, would you pour into me your blessing? But in order to do that, the vessel that contains the blessing has to be well prepared for it. And it's not an act of judgment. It's just in preparation. If I were to offer this to Vince or Mike or anyone else, Matt, the right thing would be to clean it out and then let them use it for whatever purpose they would like to use it. So the starting point of being a spiritual person is to say, Lord, fill me and use me. When you make that prayer, you're saying, Lord, clean me and purge me. The filling and using is connected to the cleaning and the purging. When that principle hits your soul, you go, I'm now beginning a spiritual journey. Can you say amen to that? The deeper the cleaning, the more useful the purpose. So if I've got a knife and I just want to use it to cut onions, a little bit of sunlight soap, one drop, goes a long way. How does that ad go? Clean it off, clean it off, do the onions. If I'm going to use that same knife, oh, and I hate to admit that I have done this before, to maybe take out maybe a 
splinter in my toe. I might use a bit of jick before, you know what I mean? How many of you are going, yeah, I think that's what you should do. You should use a bit of jick. And then if you're going to do surgery, which you shouldn't do with the same knife that you used for onions and the same knife that you used for the, the thing, then I would expect quite an elaborate cleaning process, like maybe, I don't know, soak it in some sort of a disinfectant and never use it for anything else because I wouldn't like it to have been used for more than just surgery. So when you go before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to go on a spiritual journey, would you please take me from being a vessel, a cup, a cup for everyday use, and turn me into a cup of the Lord that runneth over for godly purpose, then what you're saying is, would you purge me to the greatest intent that is necessary for the degree of my destiny and purpose in my life? And so often people say, Lord, um, I want my cup to run over, to, 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 to be so blessed that it's abundant. But what that means is the vessel needs preparation for that process. And so when you talk about being spiritual and defining how to be a spiritual person, you are beginning a journey that says, I used to carry in my heart one thing, but I'm now asking God to take it out of me, purge me and cleanse me and help me carry something else. There are a lot of Christians who are clean but empty. And what that sometimes does is it makes us very judgmental of other people whom we think are not as pure as us. But remember, an empty cup is not God's goal. A cup that runneth over is God's goal. He doesn't want you just to be sanctified for the purpose of walking around being pure. Look how good I am. No, he wants us to be sanctified so he can fill us with his peace, his presence, his power and his authority, and then to make us useful to the master. A spiritual person is somebody who is useful to God. Can you say amen to that? Now you might think, but wait a minute, isn't a spiritual person someone who prays, someone who reads their Bible? somebody who's on their way to church, on their way to heaven, all of those things are expressions of spirituality. But how many of you know that you can pray and still have a tough day, still struggle through that exam? Not you, not you, the, the other saints who aren't here tonight, they are struggling through. You, you can pray and, and trust the Lord for the right relationship and it still work out not the right relationship. It doesn't mean that God failed you. It means that God is purging you. What you prayed for is, Lord, would you put me in the relationship that is useful to you? And when you started that journey, God started purging and cleansing, refining and defining you so that after a little while, what the devil used as a vessel is now useful to the master for supernatural purposes. That's a spiritual life. It means I I'm a carrier of God's righteousness, God's peace, God's joy, and good news. It means I don't just carry my own dreams, but I carry on my heart God's dreams for the world. God has a dream for the world and for you, and you become a carrier of it. It means I throw out stuff that takes up space when I see something better that God has in my heart. That's what it means to cultivate a spiritual journey. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, also from the Amplified, uh, says uh, this, verse 15, uh, but the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Spirit reveals. Uh, just uh, a word of caution there, judges things, not people. 
The spiritual man does not judge people. The Holy Spirit judges that. Uh, the spiritual man judges things. In other words, if a person does a thing, is the thing a good thing? Not is the person a good person. How many of you know good people can do bad things? And bad people sometimes do. They are good things. You judge the thing, not the person. And a spiritual person has learned the ability, is learning by the Spirit the ability to say whether that is good or not good. Do you know how many times I've thought something is really good and later discovered it wasn't good for me? And how many times I thought something would be good and after a while it turned out not to be good and helpful at all? A spiritual person learns the ability of judging things, not people. That's really important. Every now and then, you know, when you sing a song, um, every now and then the song goes from just being a good song to being a good song. How many of you know what I mean? Something in the moment shifts. And in that moment I realize God is at work and I say, Lord, thank you for your presence right now. I sense you at work, I receive what you are saying, and I become spiritual. You know, at times people are very unaware. Something radical could be happening around them, they don't see it, and something terrible could be happening around them, they don't see it. A spiritual person learns to pick up on things. Now, can I just tell you, be careful not to try and pick up on people. But be careful of that because we can be very judgmental about that. You can walk past someone and go, that person is creepy. That's a dangerous thing to do, eh? Because, you know, there's probably someone out there walking past you going, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, doesn't the Bible say with the measure you judge others it shall be? Measure back to you. But a, what if a person did a thing and I could look at the thing and go, that is a, a good thing or that is not a good thing. I learned to be spiritual by judging the thing and not and not the person. A spiritually minded man or a spiritually minded person has learned the ability to examine and apply what the Spirit reveals. That's what the verse says. So I can examine something and say, is this spiritual food or spiritual fake? And when I learn the difference, something really powerful happens. To all the TikTokers out there, how many of you have followed the is it cake trend? How many, of you, how many of you have been following the Is It Cake trend? I mean, it's hard to tell. On I, I have a feeling that if I saw it live, I would know. I could be wrong, though. We might have to bring up, like, I don't know, uh, onions and then cake onions and try them out. Is it fake? The, the, there's a whole, for those of you who are not into the whole evil of TikTok, um, I'll say that jokingly, uh, there's this a very popular person who makes hyper-realistic cakes that look exactly like the real thing, put them next to the real thing, and you have to work out which one is the cake. And then like 90% of the time, it's always the cake. Like everything's the cake. Uh, she did, however, make one of her own face and then cut it, and that was very creepy. Like she took out a quarter of her head, and I didn't sleep well that night. <laughs> I didn't need that much hyper-realism and wondered how saved is she? To, to be well, it wasn't a good thing that she did. She's great, but it wasn't a good thing. Can we have an amen on the difference? It's not a good thing. You know, some of you are doing things that are not good things. You're good people. That's not a good thing. Christians, born again, love Jesus, not married, living together, good people. Not a 
Good thing. One or two amens there. The rest of you are like blocking me on Instagram right now. It's so old school. <laughs> Some things are just not good things. People, nice people. Don't write people off. Guide people away from bad things into good things. That's the spiritual journey. I've realized that if I do enough of God's good things, I grow in being a good person. You know, it's not hard to be a good person. It is the accumulation of the actions of good things. Do you see what I mean? If I take a couple of rands, now Jackson claims that he ate a lot of cake at a wedding. I, I question how he got biceps like that while at the same time eating. I, I have big question marks about that whole experience. Um, but if I take a little bit of money and I help somebody out, the action is a good action. It's kindness. And the more I do that, I become a good person. And if you're sitting out here thinking, I don't know if I'm a good person, it's easy. Just step into some good actions. And the more good actions you do, the more accumulation of good character it leaves behind in you. Can you say amen to that? Cultivate spirituality. So tonight I want to share with you a three or four attitudes and actions that make a person a spiritual person. Uh, the first uh, idea I want to share with you is the idea of your personal life's collection. Anyone here have a collection, by the way, from school days or youth days or like anyone got a collection of something? Mike, you've, you've collected what? Trophies. Oh, what, you, what have you collected? Sports signatures. Oh, that's good because you're amongst the rugby people and the, and the what are those people? The paddling, rowing people, the rowing people. I'm sorry. Okay, anyone else got a, any other, I mean, I, you know, collection? I have to tell you, I was very nerdish in school. I actually have a collection of uh, old, old notes and coins. The other day, though, I had them evaluated, and my nerdiness suddenly made me like 100,000 rand. Yeah, 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 literally worth that. Keeping it in a secret location, which will not be revealed to none of you all. Um, but... The uh, collections are the accumulation of the stuff that we regard as valuable. John chapter 10 says something very interesting. It says, I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved and will live forever and will go in and out freely and find pasture or spiritual security. Uh, one of the things you do as a discernment, as an act of a spiritual person, is to ask yourself, why do I have this, and how did it get into my life? By what door did it get there? Do you know, the way you start something is really valuable. Sometimes things are in my life, not because they're useful, but because somebody threw them at me. I didn't want it in my life, and now it's in my life. It got thrust on me. Sometimes things are in my life because I have an ambition, something that I just wanted that whole theory that the heart wants what the heart wants. You just bring them into your life and accumulate them that way. The question is, how many things are in your life because they entered through the narrow door of God wants this for you? And the accumulation of a collection of things that are placed in your life by the hand of God. 
These are prophecies, words of encouragement, scriptures of value and meaning, relationships of accountability and mentorship. They are placed strategically in your life to form the collection of your spiritual journey. And you need to protect them, guard them and guide them because they'll take you where God wants you to go. Can you say amen? Some people's life is predictable on the basis of the collection of things in their lives. If you have certain kinds of temptations, don't keep a connect collection that will feed your temptation. I don't, it doesn't matter how into gin you are or whatever as a collection. If you're an alcoholic, that collection has to go. Can we say amen to that? And don't be telling me it's just there for display. If it's occupying space, it has destiny, not just display value in your life. And so we all have a collection and that collection accumulates. You know, when people in the Bible burnt things that were uh, evil or unuseful, it was in order to clear up space in their hearts. Book of Acts tells us this. People bought books of witchcraft and books of uh, horoscopes and books of all kinds of things and burnt them. Why? Because you can't let something occupy space in your shelf uh, that prevents something else useful from being there. The collection of things. I have a collection of words from the Lord, victories of my spiritual journey and people in my life. I have a collection of Bible verses. When I read them, I get goosebumps. And maybe when somebody else doesn't read them, that it reads them, it doesn't do anything for them. But it's in my collection, in my treasure, something valuable. And with all collections, as time goes by, value increases. You need a collection. You need a verse, a prophecy, a prophetic person. You need a collection. Secondly, you cultivate a spirituality by having clarity on things. Luke chapter 10, where is it like this? Uh, turning to his disciples, Jesus said privately, blessed, joyful, spiritually enlightened, favored by God are the eyes which see what you see. Having eyes that see is uh, something we've often talked about. A spiritual person picks up things before they overtake them. That's the key. Goodness and mercy should follow you all the days of your life. You should never be overtaken by something that is, that is dark or evil. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen? You have to see it. You have to have a sense of spiritual discernment that allows you to spot something before it becomes harmful, also allows you to spot something that God is doing. By the way, if you haven't seen it yet, God is definitely doing something here in the 6 p.m. service at Father's house. I hope you can see it. If you haven't seen it yet, be patient. And if you've had good spiritual sight, you will have noticed that through the year, it was an interesting journey. God was doing surgery in this house at the 6 p.m. especially. And we had to be patient because when you're doing surgery, you can't get the patient to get up and run. You just got to wait on the Lord and wait on the Lord. But now the surgery is healing and the patient is recovering and the strength is arising. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and shall rise up on wings as eagles and shall run and not grow weary and walk and never faint. Now you can clap. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, asking for a clap is embarrassing. Um, you have to see, some people just can't see it. Do you know how many times I've spoken to someone and they'll tell me bad news. They'll say, you won't believe what happened. 
My boss fired me. And I said, tell me a bit about your boss. Oh, I hated working for my boss. Wicked man. Awful company. No hope of promotion. So I'm waiting for the bad part of this. All I see is the Lord extracted you from a place that is lifeless in order to clean the cup, in order for it to be more honorably used, in order to put a destiny in that you can wake up for every day and love. How, do you, how, how, do you, how are you going to let the devil blind you to that? Sometimes you just got to say, pa, I won't finish that sentence. Sometimes you just got to finish. You say that because what seemed, you see, Paul worded it like this when they threw him in prison. Uh, in Philippians, he said, uh, what they intended for my harm, God turned it around for my good. So that even the prison guards now know about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, they threw me in prison. But what they did was they made a mistake. They gave me paper and a pen and I wrote the New Testament. They had a plan God had an altogether different plan. You have to see uh, uh, with a spiritual perspective. Uh, people uh, often look at the wrong things. They'll say things like, I had a chat with a friend today in George. He said, I'm 29 and I, I feel like I should be further in life at 29 and I feel like I should be married by now and I should have a kid on the way and I should have a thing. And I said, Who's, who, who told you that? He said, well, I've got three friends that have, or 29, and they're all married now. And I'm like, is that where we're looking? Should we not look a little higher than the national average of your friends and look a little higher and go, but God has a plan and it is great to honor the Lord in that way. You should see it. Oh, if you could only see what the Lord had in mind. And then thirdly, um, spiritual people have their own currency. Currency is the thing you are willing to trade for value. And spiritual people have an interesting currency. You know, uh, value is, is measured and and, and determined by each of your personal preferences. It's true that 10 rand is 10 rand for everyone. But 10 rand doesn't equal 10 rand for everyone. So it is 10 rand, but it doesn't equal 10 rand. For one person, 10 rand is nothing. I could lose it under my car. Eh. For another person, 10 rand is the spend for the day. That's it. For another person, it's the sow for the day. I'm going to find someone and bless them. For another person, it's, gosh, what can you buy for 10 rand now? A pancake. That's true. That's true. Thank you, Mark. You can buy two pancakes with cinnamon sugar and one pancake or one pancake with caramel. You can also buy a gym membership on the way out where you can lose the calories that you're receiving here in the house of the Lord. Um, but that's true. You certainly can do that. Uh, the value of it is not what the government says it's worth on the piece of paper. It's uh, what you put it into that you say it's worth spending on. So currency is very, very personal. I, I'll give you an example. An hour is an hour to everyone. 
an hour to me in the house of the Lord in worship is worth much more than an hour watching Netflix. It's just an hour. It's not the, I can't spend it the same. The one, I could have spent another way. The other, I can't think of a better way to spend it like that. Couldn't think of a better way than to spend it like that. I say to myself, it's a joke amongst the team. I say to myself, I'm going to come here late. You know, I'm, I've been doing this for years. I don't have to be at upper six in the morning. Why? Church only starts at nine. I'm the pastor. I can come in. I'll post eight. I say that to myself every Saturday night. Then I wake up at upper four. Five o'clock latest. I do every day. And I think, well, from five to upper eight is long, eh? Five to six, seven, eight. Oh. I watch a bit of Christian TV. Oh, now I want to go to church even more because I watched three church services before I even came here. Because I think to myself, if I were not here, how else would I spend that hour? It's a measure of my currency. And value, if currency has value, is not measured by your bank account. It's measured by your spend. How you spend it. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 5, verse 6. So then... Let us not sleep in spiritual indifference as the rest of the world does, but let us keep uh, wide awake, alert, uh, cautious, and let us be sober, self-controlled, calm, and wise. This passage of Scripture encourages us not to be wasteful. Don't waste time. Don't waste energy. Don't waste alertness. Don't waste caution. Be sharp. And there is an encouragement in this passage of Scripture that my currency is absolutely uh, worth it. I, uh, getting up early in the morning, uh, it's just a personal habit. It's not like a word from the Lord you all have to do. You're 6 p.m. people. You probably get up a little later as a general habit. That's why you're a 6 p.m. person. Maybe you are resting in the Lord until 10 a.m. And you're sort of waking up after that and then resting in the goodness of the Lord's food until about 11, 12. It's all good. It, it means nothing. But I noticed something about my, my currency. In other words, my spend. I'd wake up at half four. I'd do a quick prayer. I'll listen to a scripture. It'll be 5 o'clock or 5.30. And then I'm not sure what to do. And then I started listening to junk. It's just news for a bit. And then, you know... Did you know? And then YouTube sends you down some rabbit hole, you know, five-minute hacks. 209 things you can do with a five-rand pair of scissors. I'm like, why am I, like, why am I watching this? The other day I realized, you know, I'm watching that you can take glue from a glue gun and you can supposedly glue it to your car and pop out a dent. I'm like, what series of events would need to happen in my life for this to be meaningful? Why am I spending, you're all laughing because you've watched that exact same, you've watched that exact same thing. And I'm thinking, I, this is currency poorly spent. So you know what I did instead? For one dollar 89 cents I bought a book for audible I think it was called it's a very old book as a man thinketh and I just hit play and I put it on the airpods and I'm spending an hour learning about 
something meaningful compared to wasting an hour on a five-minute life hack that's, I think, in my opinion, total garbage. Well, some of it is a lie. I've tried it. I'm just telling you, you, you cannot do, I think some of those things are illegal. You cannot do what they say. All the things they say a glue gun can do, no. It can't do it. It doesn't keep your car suspended from the roof. It does none of those things. It's all a lie. Spend currency on something valuable. Be alert. The purpose of the enemy is to dull your senses. Make you a little slow to take action. Make you a little unaware so that he can pounce on you. Spiritual people, alert. Do you know, people say, uh, is there anything wrong with like, you know, where in the Bible does it say like, you can't, you can't drink or you can't, the new favorite, I must tell you this joke, because it seems weed is like a super popular thing right now, not the ones, you know which one I'm talking about. It's like, okay, I get it and I do know the difference between weed and CBD oil, call it what you like. Um, but I do know the difference. Um, where in the Bible does it say, I'll tell you what, the Bible isn't going to list every, like, the Bible isn't going to say, don't take Marpridol because it makes you sleepy. And the Bible isn't going to say, don't take whatever because it makes, I'll tell you what the Bible says, be alert. Anything that robs me of alertness is not spiritually helpful to me. <laughs> be alert. That's your standard. If it dulls the alertness, no thanks. Why? I'm alert to an enemy and I'm alert to a destiny. And anything that dulls my ability to see my enemy or my destiny is not going to be in my currency and won't stay in my collection. Can you say amen to that? That's amenable. I have one more community and then we'll um, have performed a great miracle by ending on time. Not we, I will have finally obeyed the Lord. Um, Colossians chapter 3 um, from the Amplified Bible says, uh, let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and in your mind, permeating every aspect of your being as you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to the Lord. Um, there, the Word of God is very powerful all by itself, but it is magnified in its impact when you say it to someone or they say it to you or when we sing it together. It is the audible Word of God that somehow has a supernatural impact on your life. That comes through a community of spiritually-minded people. You need people to tell you what the Word says. And you need to speak what the Word says. I'll give you an example of why that's so incredibly uh, meaningful uh, as a wrap-up story. When uh, Paul, uh, in the book of Acts, was not yet, he was still Saul and not yet Paul, uh, he was on the road to Damascus. Some of you know the story. And the Lord surprised him on the road to Damascus and he he fell off his horse or donkey and he, and he repented. The Bible says he got blind. And then God said to him in a prophecy that I'm going to call you and you're going to go to all the world and you're going to teach the gospel. And he went, they took him to a home and he was still blind. And then a man called Ananias came from another town, a Christian. 
and came to Saul to become poor and repeated the words. They said, you know, uh, God has told me to come and pray for you that the scales of your eyes might fall off. And here is the word of the Lord to you that you are called by the Lord to go into all the world and teach the gospel. Jesus said it, but Jesus had to send another person to say it until the eyes could see it. And, you know, sometimes you read in the Bible uh, that you are chosen and beloved of the Lord, but your scales are still there. It takes another saint to come and say, did you know that you're chosen? Your language is ruining the fact that you are chosen. You're chosen and favored and loved by the Lord. The blindness starts to come off. You come into church and Vince has got us singing, I am chosen, not forsaken. A few more scales come off your eyes. And now uh, that which seemed dull and blind to you, dim in a mirror, is clear. The Lord has spoken to you. The communication from heaven is done through the community of the spoken word of Christ in our lives. You should be bold. You should speak the word in places people don't expect it. If you're in charge of a department in your company, put a bit of word in there. Just say it. If you're in a res room and things are, not, are uncomfortable, speak the word. You don't have to even say, this comes from Matthew chapter, from the King James Version, pay attention, sit up. No, you don't have to do that. You just have to throw it in there. You just have to say, do you know, I think you're burdened and you're unhappy because you're not living your truth as God wants us to live the truth because when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Just put it there and leave it and watch how the word of God comes to life and scales start to fall off people's eyes. I'm telling you that the word should not be something we just think about in the back of our minds. It got to come out of our mouths and we've got to let other people speak it into our environments. And the community of the audible word of God is what spiritual people are all about. Can you say amen to that? Thank you. And so as we stand to pray, let, let's stand, let's stand and pray. I, I want these four things to really reiterate in our lives. Uh, a spiritual collection, spiritual clarity, uh, spiritual currency and spiritual community. And over the next few weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm here sharing uh, throughout the month of October, um, I, I want to share on how to uh, build those in your life. The people who are coming forward are trained to pray for you and form part of a team we call the ministry team. Uh, some people are exiting to prepare your, your, your coffee shop space and one or two people are going to the lounge to uh, prepare for guests who've been visiting for a couple of weeks or this is your first time, you just want to say hello and grab a, that voucher for a cup of coffee and find out anything you might want about the church. It's a no obligations coffee, by the way. You don't have to like sign up for a year or something. You just go say hello. It's our way of finding out who's coming. And um, so please take advantage. And there's always communion on either side of the stage and a prayer card and a Thanksgiving praise card which you can use. Uh, but I'd like to pray that we'll all embark on a journey of being more spiritual. Can you say amen to that? So Lord, would you please guide us by your spirit to live as a spiritual man or a spiritual woman. That as we read in scripture, that the word of Christ might permeate every part of our lives that you, you would guide us and steer us in supernatural ways, that we will build a collection of spiritual giftedness and awareness, and that we'll be supernaturally empowered in that way. And Lord, if we feel weak tonight spiritually, would you make us strong? Would you make us well able? Would you lift us up?
I wonder if I could take that extra minute or two. You know, we're not broadcasting the 6 p.m. exactly so I can go off script a bit for a minute. If you're not in a good place spiritually, I'd just love to pray with you. And it's, I just want you to know it's okay to go, do you know what, I, I thought I was being spiritual, but actually I've been going through the motions or maybe I've just been faking it or maybe, to be honest, I just never got started. I kept saying I was going to get started, but I never got started. And I'd, I'd love to pray with you. So if that's where you're at, I, I won't ask you to come to the front, but I will ask you to raise your hands. And then if at the end of the service you wanted to come to the front, you could. But if that's where you're at, I'd love to pray with you. Would you just raise your hand long enough for me to see it? And then, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So many. Yeah. Spirit of God, would you just breathe the breath of life onto the very embers of that little fire in our soul and make it an all-consuming, beautiful fire? Would you do that, please, Lord? Would you touch our hearts and make us genuinely, authentically spiritual? Please forgive us for, for like, uh, maybe faking it or forgive us for forgetting about it or forgive us for, for failing in it, but would you please just breathe into us and make us come alive spiritually in Jesus' name? And then one last uh, prayer. If you haven't had a start date of spirituality, in other words, a moment where you go, okay, I'm making a decision of my mind in agreement with my heart, I will be a follower of Jesus Christ and he will be my Lord and Savior. I've got somebody in charge now and that somebody is Jesus. If you don't have that start date, maybe tonight's a good start date. 2nd of October, 2022 is a start date for you of a journey. If that's where you're at, I'd, I'd like to pray with you especially. And so if you're here in that mindset, if you could just raise your hand again long enough for me to see it. Uh, and and I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to just pray. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I think maybe for, for many of you, you, you kind of dabbled. You've been fumbling along a journey, but I just I want to ask the Lord to just have a start moment with you and let it be this one. So uh, I am over time, but I really feel I want to, I really feel I want to do this. If, if you're a, a saint who's just had a wobble, you don't have to respond to this. But if you feel like, I need a date on the calendar that says I'm starting something with Jesus today. And you put your hand up. Well, you even, you even didn't, but you know that's what's happening. Would you be brave enough to slip out from where you are and just come stand in front here as an action to follow intention? And I'll ask nothing more of you and embarrass you no other way. Would you slip out from you and make your way to the front? Would you do that right now? And I'll just wait for a moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You need a start date on something. Would you just slip out from you and just come make your way to the front? Hey, church, would you be willing to just give a cheer, a clap, an encouragement? Hey, come on out. Come on out. Just take an action. Take an action. I mean, and you can ask a friend next to you, hey, I, I want to do this, but I don't do it on my own. Come with me, come with me, and make them feel awkward too. Um, but I just, I really just want to honor you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we'll wait. Come, come, come. It's good. Let a friend bring you forward, a dad, a child, a mom, somebody, anybody. It's okay. I just want to let you know at some point or another, every person in this room probably had a start date, you know? I just want to express my respect to you for that. 
And I, I, I want to invite the guys who are up front here. Would you, would you be willing just to go stand a little closer to them and maybe put a hand? If you give them permission to put a hand on, their on your shoulder, we ask permission for that because we're aware it's your personal space. But just put a hand on the shoulder. All I'm going to do is invite you to repeat a short little prayer after me. And then, and then we'll send everybody to these great pancakes I keep hearing about. Um, but if you could repeat this little prayer in your heart or verbalize it quietly wherever you're standing, I think this, that would be wonderful. L let's do it like this. I'll say a sentence and you can just repeat it. Lord Jesus, thank you for a fresh start for new beginnings, for a start date, a born-again date. Please forgive me for sinning, ignoring, rejecting, and walking away from you. Take charge. Lead and guide me and help me become spiritual. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you celebrate everybody who did that, had that prayer?